You're listening to the Hire Through Retire podcast with Voya's Bill Harmon, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in benefits, savings, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to the Hire Through Retire podcast. And well, here we are, we're approaching the end of the year. We've got World Cup on and all the excitement, but there's also a little bit of the anxiety as you wrap up the end of the year. So one of the areas of anxiety, and that's something we need to talk about, and that's that's the markets. And so we've got a great market update lined up for you today. And returning for a second time on the pod is Boy's own Paul Zemsky, who is the Chief Investment Officer multi-asset strategies and solutions for Voya Investment Management. Paul's a frequent guest and contributor of many financial outlets, media outlets that is, including the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg TV, and CNBC to provide his insights and outlook on what's going on in today's markets. Paul, that's, that's great stuff. And there's a lot to talk about here. So thank you so much for joining us today. I guess we didn't scare you off that first time around. No, not at all. And uh, thank you, Bill. It's it's great to be back. And uh, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. You know, I guess when you're in the middle of today's problems, you look back and wish you had yesterday's problems. And so when we had you on in spring, well, boy, a lot's happened since then. We've had midterm elections. We've had all sorts of other things in the, um, in the market that we want to talk about. But let's talk about the midterm elections. Has the outcome of that cycle changed your views or any projections for 2023? Not, not a whole lot, Bill. So we did. We are most likely going to have divided government at the federal level. So we'll have uh, most likely a Republican House and, and probably a split, a split Senate, which, which is not the worst thing in the world. It gives a little bit of checks and balances, which is, which is not bad. And so not, not so much about what's going on there in Washington. Of course, the big, the big news is Federal Reserve and what they're going to continue to do, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. I would say the only thing that gives us a little bit of pause about the election outcome is that if we were to have a recession and we needed some fiscal stimulus, it's a little bit harder to get it through a divided government than it would be if we had, say, all Democratic or Republicans, like the last time I believe we were Republicans. So, so that, that gives us a little bit of pause that if we did need some fiscal stimulus, um, it might be a little hard to get at this time. But looking at the economy, it's unlikely we'll need it. But if we did, probably a little tougher. That's good to hear then. But, but here's one of the hottest topics. And that's inflation. And in fact, uh, I was just looking at a recent uh, survey where employee sentiment around their own personal finance is back to levels that were right at the beginning of the pandemic. So people really feeling stressed out from that personal finance perspective. And when you look and dig deeper and say, well, what's causing that? The number one reason is inflation. And, And as it relates to kind of workplace savings, they're nervous about what inflation does with the impact it has on their ability to save for retirement. From your perspective, now we're hearing about the sentiment and how um, Americans are feeling, you know, where are we in this trajectory of inflation? You just mentioned about the Fed and they're trying to cool things down, but where are we there? And, you know, and I guess let's even talk about how did we get here? Sure. No, inflation is, is a real issue and it's front and center. And uh, our customers are kind of getting a double whammy because they're getting inflation is up. So the buying power of their dollar is down. At the same time, the financial markets have to be kind. So if you add it all up, thinking about what, what their inflation-adjusted savings has done, it has, has not been a great picture for 2022. 
but I, I am a little, I'm more optimistic for 2023. So the Federal Reserve has been very serious about focusing on inflation and, and using the really the one tool they have to, to control inflation, which is raising interest, interest rates. And we all see it in the marketplace. Interest rates have risen quite a bit. And they're at the point where they are starting to impact growth, which is what the Federal Reserve wants. And once you start to slow the economy, you should see inflation fall. We are seeing that already. So we're seeing it more on the good side of the economy. So if you think of the economy, you can really split it into two parts, the good side and the services side. And the good side is really where inflation got really ramped up post-COVID as we had shortages and supply bottlenecks and all the things we, we hear about in the news and you know, prices of TV sets and cars and fruits and vegetables in the grocery store and meat were all going up as there were basically shortages. That's abating. And that's the good news. So we're definitely seeing inflation starting to fall. And I think we'll definitely see that continue on into the future. The service side is going to take more time, though. You mentioned the Fed. And, and I tell you, everyone always holds their breath when the Fed chair is about to go ahead and say something. There's a lot of speculation on when or at what level. You'd said that you know, a way to kind of ease things is to continue to, that's the one lever they have, is to go ahead and raise rates. So what is your take on how they're going to approach inflation with this one lever? And how do you see the market reacting to the plan? Because they have sort of given some hints and the market reacted, uh, but now they're sort of doubting. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so, so Powell and the Fed have, have been more communicative lately about this idea of slowing the pace of, of tightening. The Fed made it very clear that they were behind. We, we saw that because inflation rose. So they, they were behind. They didn't raise rates soon enough. And they had a whole lot of catching up to do. So the race basically raised rates by 4% in eight months, which is pretty much unprecedented, and certainly in the, one of the fastest uh, rate rises we've ever seen. And that was to really catch up and to get policy to a place where it is going to have that, that slowing impact on the economy. But the good news is they've done that and they're there. And maybe we think they have maybe one more percent or 100 basis points of increases to go. And they've been very clear that what they've done, they know works with the lag. It takes some time for those increases to work through the economy. They don't want to over-tighten. They want to get just the right amount, which is very hard to do, but they don't want to over-tighten. They know what they've done is going to take some time. And they're now on record saying, we're going to slow it down a bit. We think we can slow it down a bit. We've done enough to give us some luxury there. And we expect them to maybe tighten 15 December and then maybe 25 after that. So then they're looking at that and, and obviously the markets react accordingly, but then there's this other word, this other kind of economic swear word, I guess, if you will, that's been looming, and that's recession. So can you explain really what it actually means to be in a recession and whether or not you would consider us to be in it or even heading for it um, in the near future? Are we headed for one now? And how will it differ from maybe past recessions? Well, it's very difficult to forecast a recession. Uh, you know, we joke that the economic models we have, and we have pretty good ones, have forecasted 12 of the last six of them. So it's very, hard to, it's very hard to forecast recession. And, and it kind of doesn't matter. We know we're going to get lower economic growth going forward, at least for the next 12 months. And that's the, what the Fed wants. So we're going to have a slower economy. Some people call a recession two quarters of back-to-back negative GDP growth. I tell you, Bill, if, if we get zero to a half percent GDP growth, it's going to feel like a recession anyway. So you know, we can define recession very precisely, but that's not what matters to our customers. What matters to our customers, as you know, is what's inflation going to be? What's the Fed going to do? What does that mean for markets? The good news is that the Fed is, is already done quite a lot. They're going to pause. So hopefully we don't get a recession. But I also think that if we were to get a recession, it'll be a mild one. And why is that? 
because this time around, we don't have what we call private sector overreach or what we also call bubbles. So we don't really have a lot of bubbles in this economy that when the Fed tightens and they break them, that's when you get those really deep recessions. I can remember back to 1993, we had these vacant office buildings that people would lend at more than 100% on a dollar. So if the building was worth a million, they'd lend you a million one. That was crazy. That was a bubble. Then we all remember the tech bubble and, of course, the great financial crisis and the housing bubble. We don't have that this time. So it's unlikely we break the banking system if and when we do have a recession. And that means it's going to be a lot easier to get out of it if we do have a recession, which may or may not happen. You know, and I, I really, and I'm sure our listeners do appreciate their, that you've got a lot of balance, um, kind of calm to your responses and to your outlook and so on. And so that's nice to hear because obviously many are reading um, different articles that aren't as balanced and calm as, as you are. But I got to imagine then when you look at this, you and your team, um, but we take all of what we've just talked about and then talk about how you apply that for what you do day in and day out. And so you oversee a large number of target date solutions. And so now that we've got a good sense on some of the larger trends that are moving the market right now, how do you see all these factors then coming into play in how you and the team are thinking about asset allocation really from a long-term view? Yeah, well, you know, you're exactly right. You don't get a lot of clicks these days on websites by saying things are going to be okay, but they will be okay. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, one of, the, one of the nice byproducts of, of rising interest rates is that bonds look a whole lot more attractive than they did just six, seven, eight months ago. You know, we can remember back to the 10-year treasury yielding 1%, money markets were at 0%, long-term corporate bonds were 2%. Uh, that was a very, very tough time for savers and people in retirement. So we've been through now these higher rates, and you could actually live off the coupon that you're going to get from a bond fund or a long-term corporate credit fund. And you know, high yield was yielding better than 9% just recently, and it's, it's fallen a little bit as, as market conditions improve. But still, there's a lot of good yield out there. And when we look at our target date products, we're recognizing the value in the fixed income market. And as we look into 2023 and update our long-term forecast and our strategic asset allocation, you'll probably see us have uh, more bonds in the portfolio, maybe what we call more duration, which is interest rate sensitivity. So the big news this year versus last year is that bonds look a whole lot more attractive on an individual basis for savers and retirees, and from an asset allocator's perspective, which is my perspective when I'm looking at all the asset classes out there. And probably a really good view considering an aging workforce to go ahead and, and take that lens there of looking at some of the coupons on bonds and and mean putting some more into the portfolio right there for a little bit of stability. So when we had you on the pod last, you had mentioned that Boy Investment Management had forecasted lower returns for equities, as well as uh, most of the risky assets for about the 10 years ahead. And workers are certainly seeing some of that playing out now in their portfolios today. So you know, what, what could employers do to help their plan participants best navigate this unprecedented inflation and then this potential recession as they watch their balances on this roller coaster ride that we've been in recently. Yeah, I think there's a few things to do. First, first is just keep calm. This economic environment has a beginning, a middle, and an end. We're past the middle and probably closer to the end uh, than the middle at this point. And, and we'll have positive returns again not in the not too far distant future. It really comes down to risk management, in my, my view, making sure that, that the funds that the participants are in, that they can handle the downside. We will have volatile markets going forward and making sure, especially those near retirement, can handle the downside from here and making sure they have the appropriate amount of risk in their portfolios. If you've got 30 years, 20 years to retirement, you're going to be absolutely fine. I'm very confident stocks will be higher you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. 
But if you've got just one year to go, two years to go, you really got to focus on that downside risk. And again, the message, don't overlook the bond market. It was something we could overlook for 10 years, right? Rates were so low, but there's a lot of attractive options out there for generating income. So if you needed a certain amount of equity last year, you might be able to get by with a little bit less this year and still meet your income targets and meet your retirement goals. You know, and that's such a great thing to keep bringing up in the sense that that's what we were complaining about maybe, you know, a year ago. It's to say, yeah. I'm getting zero from my bank, from a CD. I'm getting zero from anything that has uh, levels of stability to it. And now all of a sudden, actually, you are getting some there. So for that aging workforce, that's getting close to that time. There are some options now where we didn't have that a bit ago. That's absolutely right. When the Federal Reserve wants the economy to get going, they make the price of, of very safe assets very expensive, meaning almost no yield. And when they, when they want the economy to slow down, they make the price of really safe assets cheap, meaning you get a lot of yield from them. And now with the Fed wanting the economy to slow down, those of us looking for safe assets, you're going to get paid to do that. So the Fed's on your side right now in respect to safe assets. I love that this really went towards you know that those safe assets. And it's so easy for people to get so grumpy because that's where all the noise is and the news and say, wait a second. You know, if you were complaining, you couldn't get any type of return on safe assets. Now you can. Absolutely. And so I, I think that perspective is always good. I always, I was, who was I teasing? Someone said, you know, like when you were in, I don't know, 12 and you wish things were as simple as they were when you were eight, and you wish you had those problems. <laughs> yeah. Because the problems you have right now at 12 are astronomical, but then you turn 16 and you wish you had your <laughs> This is yep. us right now. Like, oh, I remember, remember the problems we had back when we had, you know, no, uh, no return on safe assets, but the yeah. market was, you know, flying. And you know, the other thing too is, don't you have to believe in our economy as a whole? Like, believe in America, believe in the business, and all that. I, I keep hearing that to say, the second you get some of this, are we in a recession? What's going on in short-term uh, volatility? All of that. I say, but do you believe in just the overall economy here? We might be going through some of these, you know, cool it down times and so on. But I, I keep looking, corporate earnings are still there. Yeah. Now that's something yeah. you look at and say, well, that's going to fuel. Look, the way I think about it is the economy is like a stretch string. And if you want to slow it down, you got to put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Fed's doing right now. But when they take their finger off, the economy is going to come right mm-hmm. back. Yep. Well, we saw that just because he whispered something in the market uh, jumped. Yeah. And, and this, this one is, um, they are engineering this slowdown. And when they stop, I think the banking system will be fine. Banks will make loans again. People will spend money again. We're not going to have a financial crisis like we had you know, 11 years ago, well, 14 years ago now. Boy, Paul, this has really been great. And as always, we're so happy to have you and your expertise here to help us better understand the markets, particularly when they're, they're so volatile. It really is so easy to get caught up in the short term, or if we said, read some of these, these articles that a little depressed. So I really do appreciate uh, your perspective on not really just what's happening today, but what we're looking at for long-term implications. And it, it's really good, like we talked about, for some of these older savers that are really have much of, more of a short-term horizon. So really, really appreciate your perspectives on this. And I, I'm sure our, our listeners do as well. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I'll come back anytime you want me. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the way the markets are, we'll always need you back. And so uh, it'll be great to have you come back in and check in with us. So thank you so much. And thank you again to our listeners. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed today's conversations, please follow and subscribe so that you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop every other Tuesday. We'd also love to hear your thoughts. So head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. Thank you again for joining us today. And please stay well. 
This information is provided by Voya for your education only. Neither Voya nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voya family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision.